Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hello, and welcome to KPMG's October 2022 budget podcast. I'm Ali Alum, the Tax Policy Lead for KPMG Australia, and joining me is Clive Bird, a partner in our enterprise team, here today to provide his reflections on what this budget means for the middle market businesses. But I'll start off with some of my reflections on this budget. The underlying cash balance for 2022-23 is forecast to improve by $42 billion compared to the pre-election forecast, or PFO. The government expects that this figure will also improve Improved by 12 billion for 2023 to 24 compared to PFO, but after that, the position's less favourable. The long term structural challenge is shown in the medium term projections. The budget deficit is projected to be 1.7 percent points higher um, in 2032 to 33, um, mainly as a result of weaker productivity growth, higher interest payments, and increasing provisioning for NDIS expenditure. Overall, these changes highlight the challenge of maintaining a sustainable budget in the long run and focuses that need for holistic tax reform, measures to enhance productivity and spending reforms. And on tax, it's clear that revenue-raising measures are one of the key focuses of this budget from a tax perspective, with the government focusing on implementing their pre-election package of integrity measures aimed at multinationals. And there was also a new announcement to alter the tax treatment of off-market share buybacks undertaken by listed companies to align up with on-market share buybacks, effectively removing the dividend component that might have otherwise arisen. And this year, the government's added some different lens over how future policies are to be assessed, which will be expanded on more in future budgets. So there's gender-responsive budgeting, which KPMG has been advocating for And that really facilitates assessing the impact of budget policies on gender equity. And then another new feature of the budget is the wellbeing budget lens, which sets out the government's aspirations for tracking Australia's development in areas such as educational attainment, health outcomes, environment and reduction in inequality. So Clive, um, we're lucky enough to be catching up again for another budget podcast only after a mere five months after the last one. To kick us off, what's your reaction to this year's federal budget? Well, thanks very much, Alia. And I think, as you've mentioned, um, it's important to acknowledge the backdrop here that this is a budget delivered in difficult circumstances of, uh, you know, high debt, high inflation and rising interest rates and rising cost of living. And and against that backdrop, I think the government has sought to uh, deliver a pretty restrained budget. Um, We've seen that increased revenues from natural resources and, and high employment and high taxes have been applied to reduce what would otherwise have been um, a higher deficit. And, uh, and they've, they've obviously taken the decision to very carefully avoid uh, adding to any inflationary pressures. There's some, um, some really quite limited and specific measures aimed at targeting uh, cost of living issues, including some family friendly aspects around childcare and paid parental leave, um, and some you know, medicines, pensions and things like that. Um, but as a whole, the population is going to continue to um, very much feel the sting of that uh, cost of living increase um, going forward. 
Notably, Alia, there's um, there's no major tax reform here. There's no significant changes to personal tax, to company tax, to GST, capital gains tax, etc. We're still understood that we've got the stage three tax cuts coming um, in 1 July 2024, although time will tell. Uh, we've got very limited changes to business taxes other than uh, a couple of those that you've mentioned and that, that we'll talk about. Uh, but what we do have is a really strong focus on ATO compliance and review activity, as we've seen in the last couple of years, but we're seeing those programs uh, being extended for um, years to come. So a strong focus there. I can't help wondering if there might be uh, more pain to come in the future. But in the meantime, what I think we've got is a sensible, cautious, uh, restrained first budget from the Labor government, uh, but not necessarily a particularly um, bold budget from a tax perspective in terms of uh, any major reforms. And you mentioned about the ATO review programs and the additional funding there. What should mid-market taxpayers expect from that? Yeah, look, it's been, um, post-COVID, it's been a really active time from the ATA with compliance programs, and we've seen heavy investment by the government in uh, recent years, and, and we're expecting that to continue for a number of years now. Uh, so we're seeing uh, an extension of the ATO's personal tax compliance program uh, for two years through to 2025, uh, an extension of the shadow economy uh, program, including GST, as well as income tax, uh, for a few years through to 2026. And perhaps most notably, we're seeing an extension of the tax avoidance task force for four years at a cost of $200 million through to 2026. That targets um, multinationals, large publics, and particularly from a mid-market point of view, um, private business. And the ATO uh, will be looking to target about $3 billion in tax revenue through those programs. What's interesting is that the ATO has already been very active in the last couple of years, perhaps as active as I've ever seen them in things like the um, Top 500 Review Program, uh, the Next 5000 Program. Uh, and the ATO has very high expectations around uh, private business and mid-market tax compliance and um, tax governance and, and the expectation of, of mid-market having tax governance documentation as well as uh, very stringent tax uh, governance processes. And we see the ATO getting better and better at targeting um, tax planning, um, tax discrepancies, non-compliance and so forth. So I think that it's been a very active couple of years from the ATO. And I have to say there is no relief in sight whatsoever, Alia, for mid-market uh, taxpayer groups. On one of the other points the, the, that we spoke about earlier, the multinational integrity measures that were announced pre-election, they've now been refined to deal with some of the major points of concern raised in the consultation process. Um, the key one um, around the thin capitalisation measures, which limits the debt deductions to 30% of EBITDA, now allow for denied deductions to be carried forward by up to 15 years. Um, the worldwide gearing test um, has been replaced with a new earnings-based group ratio more along the lines of the UK rules, but there is some further limitations on the arm's length debt test to third party debt only. What are you expecting um, in terms of the impact for your clients as a result of these changes? Yeah, ThinCap will be uh, interesting earlier. I think there'll be a couple of uh, key issues coming out of this. As you mentioned, interest deductions will be limited to 30% of EBITDA with an ability to carry forward uh, excess, excess deductions for 15 years. Um, now, previously, the um, thin capitalisation test was based on uh, total assets 
Uh, and so um, now what we'll see is with it being based on profitability, taxpayers that have a higher profitability relative to their asset position will now be advantaged. Those with higher profitability will be able to access greater debt deductions. Those with lower profitability will be disadvantaged here because their lower profitability will have a, a heavier impact on their availability of debt deductions. Uh, so that'll be significant. There may be an element of uh, simplification here in that the 30% of EBITDA test may be simpler than the safe harbour debt test that it replaces. And, and if there is any simplicity to come, that would be welcome. Um, it'll also be really interesting earlier to see whether the um, $2 million de minimis test remains in place. Um, that hasn't been specifically clarified. We hope that it will remain in place. That $2 million de minimis test basically says that you don't have to apply thin capitalisation at all if interest deductions are less than $2 million. Uh, bearing in mind that um, that $2 million number is becoming smaller in a high interest rate environment, a higher interest rate environment, uh, but nonetheless, we hope that remains. But uh, the real key here, I think, is perhaps a bit of simplicity and certainly some um, disadvantage for taxpayer groups with lower profitability from 1 July 2023. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where that, whether that simplicity is in fact realised. Um, I know the UK rules ended up being a lot more complicated than um, people had hoped. And then the next thing I just wanted to get your thoughts on, there were some pleasing announcements to support gender equity in this budget. What do you think this will mean both for new families and also increasing workforce participation for women? Yeah, there were, Alia, there were some, some really good measures around gender equality. Firstly, there was an increase in the childcare rebate, which will reduce the cost of childcare, which uh, is very welcomed. Uh, that will um, provide savings to uh, about one and a quarter million families in Australia. Uh, so that's, that's a terrific measure. And there's also an extension to the paid parental leave program, uh, whereby a paid parental leave will go up to 26 weeks progressively. Um, and it will progressively move up to that 26-week level by July 2026. And um, as you know, KPMG has been a really strong advocate for that. So it's very pleasing to see that reform come through. I certainly think that, um, that those measures, both the reduced cost of childcare and the additional paid parental leave, um, is a real positive in terms of increasing workplace participation for women. Um, and I also think for men as well, it's a, it's a terrific uh, opportunity for them to make a greater contribution to childcare through that, um, through that additional paid parental leave. So um, definitely a real positive for um, gender equality and, um, and a positive uh, for, for young families as well. So, uh, so good news there. And Clive, um, for my final question to you tonight, uh, what were you hoping would be in the budget which wasn't in there? Yeah, look, it's always a curious thing, and it's it's not necessarily so much what um, what I'm hoping for, but what you know we're half expecting, or we always wonder what we'll what we'll see. Um, we had wondered uh, whether there might be any change to loss carryback rules or temporary full expensing um, those due to expire in 2023, but perhaps not surprising given um, given the uh, budget deficit position and the high debt. Not surprising that those weren't extended and that there was no announcement there. Uh, we wondered whether the stage three tax cuts might be pulled. Um, those stage three tax cuts uh, that are scheduled to apply from 1 July 24 
will um, make a big difference to um, taxes for um, middle and higher income earners and, and we wondered whether those might be pulled on the basis of affordability. Uh, I still wonder whether they will be pulled, but I think the government's got a bit of time there and, and perhaps didn't want to uh, come in so early uh, in its term and, and do something unpopular like that. Uh, I wonder if we might see um, some harder measures ahead. The government talked about hard days to come and hard decisions. There'll be a pressure on um, increased revenues. And so you wonder about potentially more fundamental or structural tax reform. We didn't see any of that in terms of company tax or you know capital gains tax or things like that. So I think there might be some harder decisions ahead. But at the moment, I think the uh, Labor government has looked to deliver a pretty restrained budget for its, um, for its first one. Thanks for your insights, Clive. I'm looking forward to chatting to you in another seven months' time for our, our, our May budget. Excellent, Ali. I look forward to that. So to our listeners, um, please visit our website for our budget brief, which will be uploaded over the course of the night. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.